Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. And on today's podcast, we have a new recruit. Uh, We have a brand new member of the ITAM Review team that's recently joined us, uh, Rich Gibbons. And I'm going to introduce um, Rich in a second. Um, I was thinking just before this podcast, I was thinking when I first met Rich and Microsoft have just had their conference last year in Toronto. And the first time I met Rich was in the time that Microsoft had their conference Toronto last time. So I'm guessing, Rich, that was probably three, four years ago we met. Uh, I think it was 2012. Right. Nearly, nearly five years now. So welcome, Rich. Um, welcome to the team and welcome to the iChem Review podcast. Um, you've been contributing articles for us um, for quite a number of years. And even though we only live probably 10 minutes on the train away from each other, I met you first in Toronto, of all places. <laughs> and um, so, so welcome. Do you want to give a quick introduction to yourself? Okie dokie. Well, first of all, thank you very much for, for having me, both as as part of the team and on on the podcast. Um, So, yeah, so I've been doing software and software licensing and and sales and all that kind of thing for about 14 years now. Um, So I obviously started doing it when I was about seven. Um, (laughs) And for reasons that I'm not fully sure of myself, software licensing is is something that I find hugely interesting and, and fun. Uh, I will I will use that word. Um, so so for me, you know, helping people understand licensing and all that kind of thing. That's what I've been doing one way or another for for you know decade and a half nearly now. It's weird, isn't it, the way that grabs you these these subjects. The same with ITAM. I, I didn't choose ITAM. ITAM chose me. Um, but you remain <laughs> you, you remain pa- passionate about the subjects, and and your your chosen subjects is licensing, and in particular, I know you from Microsoft. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So again, not a hundred percent sure why. You know, I always used to be, uh, you know, a big PlayStation fan. Um, but you know, Microsoft licensing—that was the one. Maybe it seemed the most complex at the time, the, the biggest challenge. Uh, but that grabbed me. I remember quite distinctly my first conversation about Windows Server Cows and Terminal Services Cows and when you needed them and when you didn't, um, I still can still picture that. And that, for some reason, um, started it all off. And, and yeah, you know, the, the ins and outs and the, the intricate depths of Microsoft are, are where I find most enjoyment. Um, but, but equally over the years, I've done some of the other vendors as well. Um, and, you know, we'll look to, to perhaps get back into that more in the future as well. So you mentioned um, PlayStation. And I think we had a chat about you moving over to the dark side of Xbox. 
being <laughs> being yeah. being brainwashed by Microsoft. Um, what what can you just uh, give us an introduction to Rich outside of licensing? What what is it that you uh, do outside of work? Oh, blimey, that's a good question. Uh, so I guess the first thing to cover off is, despite me living ten minutes away from you, um, I'm I'm clearly not local. Uh, so I am I am northern, just in case people think there's a bit of bit of distortion or feedback <laughs> or something. Um, so you can, you so yes, yeah, so I mean, I yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, I remember years ago someone saying they were going up north and it turned out they were going to Birmingham, um, which I, I've, I've never forgotten. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, so, so, yes, I mean, out, outside of work, uh, yeah, Xbox, I, I enjoy that. Um, depends, you know, having two children, it sort of varies as to how much time you get to, to actually do anything decent on it. Um, Movies, um, music as well. So, so I'm, you know, doing sort of all, all the usual things, you know, that, that people put for their interests. And you're a bit um, of a you're a bit of a footy fan, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's always a contentious thing, but but yeah, you know, Man United, uh, the, the the greatest team in the country, if not the world. Okay. Um, I think we so... we just lost a lot of listeners there. A lot. Of... <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, you know, part of the fun at uh, football is, is the, the the sort of conflicting, you know, the the banter uh, or, or abuse, depending which way it goes. So, you know, people, you know, I'm, I'm expecting it at conferences and, and even in the emails and things for, for people to have something to say about United, especially at the moment. Um, but that's all, you know, all, all part of the fun. Um, but, you know, football in general, so I quite like the... Like the kind of the history of football, and I've got a, a bookshelf of you know books about Dutch football, Italian, Brazilian. Um, so, so my wife calls me a football hipster, um, or, or at least at least a, a wannabe football hipster. Um, and yeah, teaching myself French at the minute as well, which is is, is keeping me keeping me busy. Um, so so that's you know any any French listeners or. or you know, people that can speak French. If anyone wants to talk to me about the the wonders of Microsoft licensing in French, I would uh, I would definitely appreciate that. Well, there's a challenge. So so <laughs> so speaking of Microsoft, um, they obviously they um, they they dominate the licensing market um, in terms of breadth and maybe even complexity. Um, what do you think's what do you think's hot at the moment, or what are people concerned with? In terms of Microsoft licensing, you think if you were to pick the top three or four? Yes, I mean I think the the, the sort of most obvious one is, is cloud, um, and for Microsoft that means a number of different things. You know, you've got Office 365 and you've got Azure, um, or or Azure as the as Microsoft say we should pronounce it. Um, and yeah, you know, there there are different things that you need to know with those. You know, for for Office 365, it's kind of understanding, you know, the different packages, what you get in them, what things can you can you replace, how do you license it on your specific agreement, um, and for Azure, you know, there are kind of two sides to Azure really. There's the licensing Azure, you know, what do the different types of VMs mean, what are the different services that are available, how do you purchase and pay for and license those, but also, you know, the the whole 
licenses that you've already got, you know, are you able to move them into Azure? What rights do you get for, for monitoring and usage and things? Um, so Azure is one of those which, at first, it looks really complicated, and then it becomes more straightforward, and then it becomes more complicated again as you as you kind of delve into it. Um, so I think for a lot of people, understanding exactly what those offerings are and how can they go from what they've got now to where they want to be in three or five years without you know, double paying for licenses or, or becoming non-compliant in one way or another. I think um, you know, over the last few years, I mean, I, I remember coming back from the Microsoft conference in 2008 when Microsoft announced BPOS, which was the, the forerunner to Office 365. So I've, I've been doing it for what, nine years now, Microsoft Cloud, and it's still those same questions of this is what I've got, this is what I want, how do I get there in the most cost-effective and, and compliant way? Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I could talk to you for um, uh, sort of unimaginably long time about just those two subjects, I think. Um, but definitely that that's number one, you know, Microsoft Cloud. Um, is, is the complication because people want to take their existing investment in Perpetual across the cloud? Is that where the complexity is coming from, do you think? Or is it more than that? I mean, that's part of it, and I think a lot of it is, you know, when you move to cloud as an organization, it's not necessarily a case of, this is how I have always done things on-premises, I now want to replicate that in the cloud. Um, it's sometimes a case of, you know, needing to know what your end goal is, but then reaching it in a different way, um, you know, and that can cause complexity because people people might end up buying more than they need trying to replicate their on-premises systems in the cloud um, or they might not realize that they need to buy a certain other cloud service in order to get all the features that were, were part of their on-premises. Um, so that's part of it but then also you know there are so many things that that you can do in the cloud that you can't do on-premises um, and that you know, adds adds complexity as well, where where organisations just start to use these cloud services, but but never quite understand or aren't told how it all is licensed properly. And the, my um, opinion is, or my experience is that those two, Azure or Azure, and Office three six five are very strategic to Microsoft as well. They're the future, aren't they? That's that's what they're pushing everyone towards. Is that, is that your view Absolutely. as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, that conference in 2008, you know, Steve Ballmer was very, very big on it. You, you could see um, that, you know, that he thought it was, was a fantastic idea. Um, that's carried through with Satya Nadella, you know, I think even more so. Um, and, you know, for a number of those years working um, at a Microsoft partner, um, you know, it was it was absolutely that that was what Microsoft wanted us to to be talking to customers about. It's still the case now, uh, and I think it is very much um, you know for, for end user organisations when when the cloud works it works fantastically, um, and I, I think for for a lot of people it is the right way to go. Um, it's just 
working out how far you go with the cloud and how quickly and and in what ways. But but definitely the you know the cloud. When I first started talking to people about BPOS all those years ago, you know the big concern was, well, what if Microsoft just stopped doing it? What what if they think to themselves, oh, actually, you know, cloud was just a bit of a fad. We're, we're going to go back to on-premises now. Um, and I think it, I think we can all agree that that you know we're way past that point. Not just for Microsoft, but for all vendors and the industry and, and the world in general. You know, I can't see us ditching cloud in any form now. Um, so, so that concern, I think, has gone. You know, cloud's definitely here to stay. And what do you think of? Um, can you share a view, having having done this quite a while, between Barmer and uh, Nadella. Yeah, I mean it, it's really interesting. So, so I, my Microsoft career started just after Bill Gates left. So, so I never got to see Bill Gates present or, or anything at the conferences. But I've seen Bormer, I don't know, half a dozen times maybe, uh, and Satya Nadella four or five, uh, and they are two markedly different people. Steve Ballmer was absolutely brilliant at, at that kind of sales side of getting people ramped up for things. You know, every time I saw Steve Ballmer present, I would come out and I was just so energized and ready to go and do something. Um, you know, it, it was it was amazing you'd get all these people leaving f- energized, full of full of beans, ready to go back to their respective countries and, and do whatever it was that, that Steve Ballmer had been talking to us about. Um, you know, and he was very bullish and very uh, very kind of strong minded. Um, and then the first time that, that I saw Satya Nadella, um, it's complete opposite, you know, he's very softly spoken, um, seems a bit more considered in his approach, you know, that there's no no shouting. I mean, I remember once it was about 15, 16,000 people, so big, you know, basketball stadium, and the microphone broke, and Steve Ballmer just carried on. He, <laughs> he, he, was, he was able. He didn't actually need the microphone. He just shouted louder, and and carried on for you know until the mic came back up, um, which I think kind of you know is probably quite a good good summation of, of, of Steve Ballmer, perhaps. Uh, Satya Nadella, yeah, you can tell that Steve Ballmer was sales and that Satya Nadella was, was on the kind of tech side. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at the progress Microsoft have made since Satya Nadella became CEO, it's it's huge. Um, you know, the, the cloud side of things has really taken off. Um, you know, that some of the reorganisation internally of the Microsoft Teams moving towards that, that one Microsoft vision um, is, you know, definitely helping break down some of the the things that used to really impact customers. Where you know you'd have two products from the same company, but you could tell that you know they'd never met each other before until you tried to install them. But now, you know, much more interoperability between Microsoft internally, and also between Microsoft and other vendors. Um, you know, it used to be quite confrontational between a lot of them. I think that's um, 
calmed down a little bit now, which can only be good for for end users. Uh, you know that kind of um, you know frenemies. Uh, I think is the, the right, technical term. The one that stands out for me was um, uh, Office in the apps, uh, Mark, uh, Apple App Store. That's quite. A, that was quite a landmark in terms of enemies, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, and then the Android as well. Um, it, it, it's it's made a big difference. I think it's allowed everyone to concentrate more on the actual output from Microsoft. You know, on the products and how how good they are, rather than being caught up in in the kind of battles between them and you know Apple or Oracle or whoever it might be um, so, so I think you know, it definitely feels to me as a you know, as a, a, a sort of fan of Microsoft a consumer of Microsoft a, you know a, a partner of Microsoft definitely feels over the last few years like that there's been a marked um, sort of change in direction uh, and I think you know the, the the earnings calls and the revenue and all that kind of thing seems to bear that out as well um, so I definitely think that Satya Nadella is is doing a fantastic job for for Microsoft, and that means you know that Microsoft will be should be a, a better partner for for customers as well. So you mentioned um, Azure and Office 365. What else is would you consider the hot topics, both in terms of strategic to Microsoft and maybe? Because it's strategic to Microsoft, it probably means it's important to customers as well because they're driving it forward, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think the other sort of product that, that's top of mind is Windows 10. Um, you know, the again, you know, such a, a marked change from from previous ways of doing it. You know, the last edition of Windows and Windows as a service and, and all this kind of thing. Um, and I think. I think Windows 10 has been and probably still is quite misunderstood in terms of what it does, but also how it's licensed and how it works with all these you know, update branches and current branch of business and long-term service branch and who can do what when and you know, who has control over the updates. You know, there's lots and lots of questions that I've seen you know, when I've been training people, you know, literally all around the world, it's the same questions uh, from customers, from partners. So I think, I think there's there's a lot of, of stuff still to be straightened out with Windows 10 in terms of, of getting that that messaging out there. But I think, as a product, you know, the the security enhancements that it brings uh, and the new features that it gives organisations and also Users, um, I think Windows 10 should be quite high up on the list, uh, and then you know that moves you into things like you know, running Windows 10 VMs in Azure and, and that kind of thing, you know, which is is quite a, a sort of, you know groundbreaking thing that, that's coming. Um, so, so Windows 10 definitely is a kind of technology enabler. Uh, and I think in many ways it's, it's similar to cloud in that organizations need to better understand exactly what it is and, and what benefits it can give them. You know, there's no point moving to Windows 10 if you just see it as, 
well, it's, it's just the same as Windows 7, but you know, it looks a bit different. You know, you, people need to need to understand why it may benefit them. Um, and I think, you know, going forwards, that there are lots of things around hardware support and and things. So from a a SAM and even a a ham perspective, you know, Windows 10 will will definitely come into play for, for a lot of organisations. Um, so so that's that, that's another one of my my, my hot topics I think. Um, and it'd be interesting to to hear from people, you know, what their thoughts are. Because um, like with Windows 8, for example, you know, it, it was quite clear what people had an issue with. Um, so, so it'd be interesting with Windows 10. You know, to, to see why people haven't moved to it, um, so but how, I, I definitely think how are, how are Microsoft doing on adoption of Windows 10? Have you got a view on that? So I th I think it's going quite well. Uh, I saw something on online link on LinkedIn. I think it was yesterday saying that uh, market share has has been um, still stayed quite flat. Um, but I'm never quite sure about those those market share things. Um, I mean, the people that I talk to, you know, I, I, I'm seeing adoption. Um, I've not met anyone who has used Windows 10 after having it sort of demoed and explained to them properly, uh, and then disliked it. Um, so I, I think I think the biggest piece is the the education of Getting the, the the message out there as to to what it can do, I think a lot of organisations, you know, because for some it's probably not that long since they went from XP to Windows 7. Um, so so there's more of a a conversation to be had about actually for you as the organisation, what are the benefits of moving to Windows 10? Um, you know, is it something you want to do right now, or or should you be planning it with your next hardware refresh, for example? Um, so I, I think I think there's still a lot of room for for adoption to grow, um, but it, it's definitely it's definitely looking good. You know, the I think the the adoption rate has been as fast, if not faster, than Windows 7. Um, cer certainly up until last year, at least. So so I think it's going quite well. And one thing I want to pick your brains on, Rich, was um, the cloud service provider model for Microsoft. Yeah. And um, can you, for those for those on the podcast that don't know what that means, and uh, can you, and, and obviously, and there may be the ramifications for licensing as well, because my understanding is that CSPs have potentially their own uh, SKUs and build their own products, basically. Could you give an introduction to people that maybe not have heard of CSPs before? What are they and what do they do? Yeah, so, so CSP, or Cloud Solution Provider, is a relatively new licensing model from, from Microsoft. So probably coming up to a year and a half since, since it was properly released now. And this is aimed at Microsoft partners more than customers. Um, and it enables partner organizations to bundle various different Microsoft products in, into one offering. So, you know, if, if I was a partner and I had a service that I wanted to, to sell 
and it was you know, built from, you know, it had some Azure backup and some Azure storage with an Exchange Online component and then maybe um, some machine learning from Azure and that kind of thing as well. Instead of me having to sell to you as the customer four or five different licenses and you know, maybe it's on open or on an enterprise agreement, what I could do now, I could sell you Rich's awesome software service for you know, £30 a month and sort of bundle those things together um, and make it easier for you as a customer to consume all these different services. Um, so so it, it's aimed at kind of enabling partners to, to, to offer new and innovative services that, that are, you know, are wrapped around Microsoft offerings. Um, you know, it could be I want to sell you Office 365, but easily wrapping the billing for my my support and training product as well, for example. Um, so it, it's it, yeah, it, it's one of those things that's very very quite new still. Uh, it's quite quite innovative, uh, and I think it's more something for the channel, you know, for the distributors and the resellers to um, to, to work with. And it should just allow organisations to buy what they want when they want, um, you know, b because things are are on a, a, a proper, as it were, subscription. Um, so you know, it, it, it's all subscription, so it's non-perpetual. You don't get stuck with any of these assets as the customer. So if you decide that you don't want this service anymore, you can, um, you know, you can drop it at the end of the the annual term that kind of thing is that um, essentially pushing licensing complexity up the food chain because it's almost like spla a little bit the the partners then got to figure out what they've bought and what they've licensed from microsoft in order to charge the customer correctly haven't they or, or get charged charged by microsoft correctly who it's almost pushing it back to the partners to figure out isn't it yeah yeah and i think yeah, in in some ways it simplifies things. In other ways, it adds more complexity. So, you know, towards the tail end of last year, Windows 10 became available through CSP. So it was the first non-cloud product. Um, so you know, for organisations, brilliant. You can get Windows 10 on this this almost uh, not not quite page ago, but you know, very very flexible model. Um, but there are differences between what you can do with Windows 10 if you buy it through volume licensing and what you can do with Windows 10 if you buy it through CSP. Um, so, so that adds you know, a, a layer of complexity for, for everyone, I think, really. You, know, you as the end user, you need to make sure that your partner, you know, if you need it to be the volume license version, that they've sold you that version. Um, uh, you know, partners need to make sure they understand the differences so that they don't inadvertently recommend the wrong wrong version. Um, so I think with everything, um, in some ways it's easier, in, in other ways it's more complicated. So um, last year we uh, at the ITEM Review did a, a training course called the 12 box model, which is like a foundational course to ITEM. And that was well received. We had, I think, about four four thousand plus registrations. That's probably more than that now, but it was it was 
well received anyway and we went to the readers our readers in october and said what other courses do you want to hear you know hear about what what do you want to hear from on on the item view and the top top ones were licensing and in particular microsoft licensing hence uh, rich joining us so could you tell uh, the the listeners rich what what you're looking to do and um, and what sort of things you're going to be focusing on at the item review yeah yeah absolutely so um, so say it's quite, it's quite exciting, really. You know, what I want to do is, is build up a, a, a catalogue of Microsoft training for for end users, um, and you know that will be on on various different topics and products. So, so I think, you know, as well as the things that we've spoken about, you know, there are still you know the, the change of Windows Server 2016 to per core is still quite new. Uh, you know, for organisations on older versions of SQL, you know, it's still SQL per core processing, um, per core licensing is going to be something that they want to look at. Um, so I, I want to have this this offering which will enable them to become up to speed on new products. So you know, if if a change happens that's going to impact your estate, you can come to us and we'll will train you on on how how it's changed and how to, to to license it correctly going forwards and also you know older products you know it could be that you're working in the the SAM team for an organization and you know everything about all the current versions but then you find out your organization's still running I don't know you know SQL 2005 or an old version of of biz talk or, or something like that you know it was invented before you were born you've got no idea how it was licensed you know, we'd be able to, to to offer courses on that as well um, so you know my my aim you know what I've been doing you know for, for the last X number of years in one way or another uh, is you know training people on, on Microsoft licensing and I want to, to keep that going and make it as relevant as possible um, and as easy to consume so you know I've got some some ideas and some plans that are quite quite innovative I think in terms of trying to stop it being you know seven hours of PowerPoint um, and trying to trying to make the learning a bit more a bit more fun and interactive and applicable um, so so that everyone whether they're you know they've been in the industry for years or they're brand new you know they'll they'll be able to get involved enjoy it and and you know take home that knowledge and still still be able to apply it in the future um, so so yes yeah, so I'm currently building out the the various possibilities for, for what we can train people on and how so I think you're I'm, I'm right in thinking rich that you're in listening mode at the moment so you're keen to hear from any listeners or readers about what they want to do so although, so although our readers have said they want you know we want you to do Microsoft licensing and licensing courses which we're doing and those are going to be either free or low cost and very accessible um, you, you're keen to hear from anyone that's about what they're looking for specifically so uh, how, how's, how's the best way to get hold of you um well I mean Anyway, really, I mean, you know, email, uh, you know, which is rich.gibbons.itassetmanagement.net, you know, drop me an email um, if that's your preferred method. Uh, LinkedIn, find find me on, on LinkedIn, uh, drop me a message. Twitter, 
uh, Rich underscore Gibbons. Um, I spend a surprising amount of time on Twitter to be fair. I've always got it open on one of my devices, so um, you know, that will work. Um, obviously, you know, at the conferences, come and find me. Um, you know, carrier pigeon, whatever, <laughs> um, whatever works. Um, for me, the, the thing is, there are so many products, so many licensing models, so many things that that I, I, I could and want to train people on. That the the main thing is doing it in the the order that the readers want. So so absolutely, you know, tell me what you want and you know what things you know are high priority. What do you need to know last week, uh, and what do you need to know over the next one, two, three three years and you know we can build it out that way so please reach out to rich and uh, let him know what you need and on the point of the conferences uh rich will be at all three of our annual conferences this year so uh you'll be able to pick his brain in terms of microsoft licensing he has got a wealth of knowledge in terms of microsoft and also is not trying to sell you licensing so it's it's uh, quite a unique uh viewpoint um, Rich, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and welcome to the team and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you. Excellent, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting all this up and running and, and you know, talking with and meeting with everyone and you know, delivering these training courses. It's, uh, it's exciting times. Cool. Okay, mate. Speak to you soon. Cool. Cheers. Bye. Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events.